is a new year. Uh, it's a great time of beginnings for, for many of you. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a fresh chance to say, you know what, let's do something different this year. Um, it's a time when people, you know, sometimes make resolutions like, you know, I'm going to lose that 10 pounds this year, you know, and maybe by day five, you're like, okay, I'm going to lose five pounds this year. Um, I lose one. You know, I'm not going to gain more than 10 pounds this year. Whatever it is, maybe you're like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit that job I hate and get one I like. Or I'm going to call that uh, person in my life who, who the relationship is strained. This year, I'm going to call them at least five times. You know, that's five times more than last year. Or, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out this year. I'm going to get abs that people can see. You know, I got abs, but they're just underneath some stuff here. Or whatever it, whatever it is, going to join a gym. Maybe your resolution is you're going to sleep better. I, I heard on, uh, from Sleep Country that they have a sale on right now so that you can meet that resolution. So if that was yours, they're a free tip for you. Um, but that idea of making resolutions, some of you are like, I don't make resolutions anymore because I know that by five days, six days, three weeks, uh, I have not done it any longer. And we give up on this idea of, of making resolutions. And, and you know, that's fine. Um, that, that's, a, that's a part of it. But I, I do want to say that there's some parts of resolution just in, in our life that's a good thing to have. Not necessarily that you make one uh, uh, on the first of the year and think, oh, you know, this is my resolution for the next three weeks. But to have this idea of looking forward to something, looking ahead, your lives have been designed to look ahead to something, not to get stuck in the past or where you were. Um, some, sometimes it's like that, this idea of looking back at where I've come from, looking back at the past, looking back at limitations in your life and just holding on to that. Uh, and, and by focusing on that, you're still stuck in that. You never get past it. And it, maybe it's in business, maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's in life. You know, that first fight you had with your wife that, you know, that was like the, the thing that blew up and, and that always comes up. You know, that was 20 years ago, but you fight about anything, she leaves the toothpaste cap off, and it brings all that up again. Because there's a focus on something back there. You're not designed to live looking backwards. Jesus has, has given you the chance to look forwards and to, and to look ahead to new things in 2014 and in, in life. Don't get stuck. Some of you, you're not looking back at things that were terrible back in your past. You're looking back at your past of all the good things. You know, like, you're like, now you're in your 40s, and you're looking back, and you're like, yeah, well, one time, like, I was like, you know, superstar of the football team, Hagersville High. You know, I could throw the football like 50 feet a second, and, and, you know, I was a champ back then. I got all these injuries to prove it. And you live on, maybe it wasn't that, but some success that you had back in, in your past, that you've drawn some, some uh, self-worth and thinking, you know, that makes you something, because I did something back then. And you're just running on the fumes of that success. He's saying, don't be looking back at that. I got new things in store for you. New things, no matter what age you're at, no matter how old you are, God has something forward and ahead for you. We're designed to look ahead, which also means we're not designed to just survive and exist. Just be here, be now. And I'm good with where I'm at with God. I'm good where I'm at with my family. You know, do you have a vision for your family? Do you have a vision for your marriage? Do you have this idea of, you know what, I'm looking forward to something yet ahead? Do you have vision for your, your company? Do you have vision for your job or for the, the influence that you could be this year in your workplace? What about your high school? Do you have vision for this opportunity to say, you know what, am I going to make a difference in my, in my school this year? On, on purpose. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that. Because guess what happens when you don't have vision for things like that in your life? You stay in status quo. It sucks the life out of life. There's no excitement. There's no, none of this energy in life because th that part is missing. You know, the Bible talks about in Proverbs, it says in Proverbs chapter um, 29, I believe, is verse 18, where there's no vision in your life, people perish. Where there's no vision, people perish, or they cast off restraint, it says in some, some words. 
simply in Proverbs, they contrast things a lot, saying, hey, this is one thing and here's kind of the other, but saying if there's no vision, people perish. You know, if there's no vision for your marriage, it'll, it's perishing. It's on its way down. It's just going slow. You know, marriages never just break up. It's this slow process of drifting apart that gets that place. Do you have that, 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 that uh, you know, when you got married, you're standing at the end of an aisle with these dreams of, we're going we're gonna to spend life together. We're going to have kids together. We're going to do this great, you know, life's going to be awesome. And then when those kids are gone, we're going to have the golden years together. And somewhere in the mix, all of a sudden you get to a place where like, oh, I'm stuck with her for how many more years? No nudging. <laughs> but it's like I, I, you, you lose that, that sense and that desire. You know, vision, if, if the enemy can suck the vision out of your life, he's already got you on a downward spiral. My hope for you this, this morning is that God would ignite that in you again. You know, vision for missions. If he can suck the vision away from you, whatever you face in the now all of a sudden seems huge. Vision is what carries you through that and it's something we need in our lives because without vision in our lives, we forget why we're living, why we're doing what we're doing. If you don't have a, a picture of this is where I'm heading, you lose the why we're doing it. And all you end up being is in the, in the how. How do I do this part? If you've got a business and you forget why you're in business, why you decided to do what you're doing, you end up just in the how of problem solving. You know, that number one problem, it's all you can think about right now, is that big problem you've got to deal with. Maybe it's in your marriage, you've got that one fight, that one thing you've got to get over, and then it'll be fine. You know, maybe it's in your family, it's like, ugh, how do I keep my kids sleeping in their own bed all night long? Last night they told me, just lock the door. I was like, I needed that, right? How do you, how do you get past that one problem? Well, the thing that, that, that it's, um, in life is once you get focused on just passing that problem, that next problem, once problem number one is gone, it's just like, you know, bullets in a gun. As soon as the one, you shoot off that problem, it's done. Problem number two just became problem number one. And there's another problem, and there's another problem. And you get stuck in this life of just problem solving. And you, you live in this life of mediocrity where all of a sudden life's like, ugh. You know, it, it's missing it. It can happen as a church. It's why it's so important that we understand why we're doing what we're doing as Kingsway Church. Why are we doing what we're doing as the church? Um, it, it's, it's in my heart this morning that uh, to just paint the picture again for you to see something. To say, okay, you know what? Maybe I haven't looked ahead to something, but I'm going to look ahead now to see what kind of vision I can see for my life going forward. If you can catch a picture of it, you can have it. If you can't see it, you don't get it. It's just the way it works. The Bible talks about that all the time. It's not just, you know, leadership training and, you know, positive speaking. Anything. It's a biblical principle where Jesus said to all of his followers, if you can believe, you can have it. As I'm reading through Matthew uh, and going through the Bible, so many times he says to them, what do you believe? Not what are you believing for, which is a lot of times that we ask in, in Christian circles, but what are you believing for this year? He says, what do you really believe this year? Not going with uh, a little whatever. Um, the idea of, of seeing something and saying, and looking at your life and saying, okay, do I see something ahead of, 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 of me yet? Um, there's a story of a guy named Jimmy that, uh, you know, he was hanging out with his parents one night and he was a young kid and they got to be pretty late and they're like, oh man, they just realized the time said, Jimmy, you got to go to bed. He was, had been sitting up watching the, watching the full moon. So they send him to bed and he went to bed just like that. And they're like, that's weird. He never just goes straight to bed. So then after an hour, his mom went up to check on him and Jimmy's still sitting uh, awake in his bed, just looking out the window at the moon. And his mom's like, what are you doing? 
He's like, I'm just watching the moon. And she's like, okay, well, it's just time to go to bed. Uh, and so, you know, it was an hour ago. And so he's like, okay, mom, but guess what? I'm going to walk on that someday. And she's like, okay, Jimmy, go to bed. You know, this uh, thought of, sure, sure, you're going to walk on the moon someday. Jimmy was in a motorcycle accident in his uh, late teens, broke a bunch of bones in his body, was hospitalized, but he, had, he said this, this thing, it doesn't matter, I'm still going to walk because I'm going to walk on the moon someday. And, and his mom was like, okay. He, began, he became a pilot, began to fly planes, became so uh, good at, at, at that uh, part of his profession that he became a trainer. And he was training one young guy, and that guy crashed the plane they were flying. He, uh, he broke more bones in his body, almost lost his leg, uh, but through just uh, the surgeon that he had, uh, his leg was able to be saved, so I'm still going to walk on the moon someday. Six years later, James Irwin walked on the moon as the eighth person to walk on the moon. See, as a kid, had this dream, had this picture that just kind of kept him going all the way through. You know what? We can see it now that somebody else put that picture in his life. He gives the credit to God. He says, you know what? We think it's incredible that, God, uh, that man walked on the moon. He says, what's really incredible is that God walked on the earth. That matters more in my life that Jesus walked on this planet than that a man walked on the moon. And he would use that opportunity, but that dream that was in his heart, what are your kids dreaming? I would want to encourage you to encourage the dreams that you hear in your kids' lives already. Vision gives that purpose for uh, heading forward in your life. And guess what? They can hear God now. They can hear God now. Uh, and to encourage that in their life as, as they're walking through. The Bible says the power of life and death is in our tongue. You can speak negativity over your children at a young age and watch them live it out. Or you can speak, yes, I, I, I believe in God in you. I believe you've got gifts and talents that you can use for his kingdom, for his glory. My uh, young son, uh, Lincoln, he's, um, he's taken after his dad and being a video gamer, which is like somewhat uh, proud of. Uh, uh, but he's, um, he, he's, not, he's not quite as uh, good yet at, um, you know, Super Mario, but he plays it. And uh, he's playing his DS and he's playing Super Mario and he, he falls off the cliff on level one and all of a sudden the DS goes flying across the room. I'm like, okay, we've got to have a chat. So I'm sitting there and, and I'm saying, Link, you know, we don't throw, uh, we don't throw our toys. You know, otherwise it's not going to be fun for long. And, and I says, Dad, I'm dumb. I'm like, what? Dad, I'm dumb. I'm dumb at everything. I'm dumb at Super Mario. I'm dumb at everything. I was like, all of a sudden I realized what I wanted to discipline him for was for throwing his toy. What I realized there was something bigger uh, at stake. This thought of, I'm dumb. You're like, oh, come on, Mark. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. The words that allow somebody to... to, to um, to settle in there, to realize that if a video game falling off a cliff can start a path in his life to think that I'm dumb, I'm dumb at everything, and he continues to walk that out long enough, he will live that out. Because what we see in here happens out here. So as I sat there, I realized, you know what, Link, the only thing I'm going to discipline you for is for, the, uh, for you saying I'm dumb. If you say I'm, done, I'm dumb again, then uh, that's what you'll get disciplined for. He's like, I'm, and he saw. He knew he was going to get a little pinch. And, uh, He's like, all right, you know, and we, we got to chat about some different things. But it began to just see, see things differently because guess what? There's so many, um, I have this thing on my, on my phone that reminds me at 12 o'clock every day, tell Beth why I love her and why she amazes me. And the problem is she saw that. <laughs> so so uh, I also have on there at 11 o'clock every morning to tell my kids that I'm proud of them. Um, and, and so she asked me, like, seriously, like, oh, she's like, Mark, you got a reminder. You're supposed to tell me something. And I was like, <laughs> hon, I love you, and you amaze me, right? And she's like, why do you need a reminder to tell me that? I was like, I realized because there's this thing in life where you just go through day after day after day every day. Yes, I love uh, and appreciate and uh, absolutely adore my wife. But for some reason, I just don't, uh, the, the, I don't vocalize it. So the reminder is not that I love her. The reminder is to tell her. 
How hard is it to tell your kids, I'm proud of you, son? How difficult is that? And yet, how, how, irre- um, um, how often does that actually uh, spoken by dads? Do you know what, man, going through teens, um, working with youth, some of the number one issues they have is that they want to impress their parents and they just don't know that their parents love them. They just don't know. How hard is it, dad, to say, I love you, son. I'm proud of you. Those words are speaking life. They're painting a picture for, for your children to be able to walk out and live life in an incredible way. Encourage your children to dream. Encourage them. Encouraging you to dream. Vision brings hope back into your life. If you find yourself hopeless, we're never designed to live without hope. But vision brings hope back into your life. You know, the, there's a, a few years ago, enough years back, before PETA existed, they did this little test with these rats. They took two groups of rats and stuck them in two buckets of water. One group of rats, they just let them go and see how long are they going to swim before they drown. Lasted one hour. They all drowned. In the other bucket, after, after uh, a certain period of time, half hour, hour, they would, uh, as the rats were swimming, they would get a strainer and they'd pick all those rats up and they'd give them a, a one-minute break and then they'd put them back in the water. Those rats were able to swim for 24 hours before they all drowned. I know, PETA would be just so disappointed. Sorry, Pamela. But um, the, uh, the thought, what they, that what they wanted to try and find out is how long would these rats swim if they had this hope that that strainer might come back? How long would they last? You know, and we think, well, rats, they, you know, it's amazing those animals get it. But isn't it crazy how you hear about it in people's lives as well? People who have hope in really hopeless situations, just there's this strength that, 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 that they find on the inside to carry them through. You know, when those Chile, Chilean miners were down under the ground for so long, what was it that they said? We had this hope that somebody would still be digging for us. You know, after Hurricane Katrina, you see the survivors. What they talk about? There's this hope that carried us through. You know, if you find yourself in a place of hopelessness, God wants to put a vision in your life again for where you're going because it will give you hope when those things are, the doors are slamming shut in your face. It'll be like, you know what? That's circumstance, but this is true. I'm going to keep going, going to keep pressing through. You know, it's not just wishful um, believing. You know, hope, Jesus endured the cross. How? It says in Hebrews chapter 12 that he endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross looking ahead to saying, you know what, past this is relationship with them. I'm going for it. He also says, same for us, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep looking ahead. Paul said the same thing. You know, he says in Philippians 3, he says, I forget what's behind me. All the stuff that's going wrong in my life or right in my life, it doesn't matter. I'm putting that stuff behind me because I'm looking forward. I'm going to keep running for the prize. You can't run for a prize you don't know is there. And he wants to put that in your life, that idea that my marriage can be restored. Somebody gave that testimony a couple weeks ago, yeah, of just, you know, I prayed for this. And, but he wants you to see it because if you don't see it here, you don't see it. Faith is this idea of seeing something first here and then seeing it out here. Jesus said to his disciples, you know, um, you're going to do greater miracles than I've done. More of them, the same kind of things as I'm doing. If you believe. It's not if you're a Christian, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you go to church, if you believe. And and as I'm reading through Matthew, I'm seeing more and more, he says, hey, there's this idea of I want you um, to to believe. It's not just wishful believing. Here's where I think as a church, a lot of times we get stuff wrong. We have this idea of, okay, Mark said you can just believe God for anything, and I'm going to believe God for anything. So, God, this year I'm believing for a new BMW. You know, that would be pretty awesome. Or, you know, all the kids have moved out of the house. We need to upsize, Lord. I'm going to believe you for a new mansion this year. 
You know, I believe it. You got the cattle on a thousand hills. God, you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. I'm believing for a mansion. That's what I'm believing for. He's saying, hey, it's not that kind of believing. It's not this idea of you saying, God, here's what I want, now you do it. It's saying, God, what do you want, and now I'm going to get under that. I'm going to believe for what you said is already true. He says that, that that kind of believing comes from being in the Word, spending time reading this, getting the, what was in here, in here. And as you, I want to encourage you as a, as a church, one of the things we don't, we don't do enough is just simply read the Bible. Just simply read through. As I'm going through Matthew again, just reading, saying, Jesus, who are you? What are you like? Getting to know God as, as I see him revealed through Jesus Christ. It's amazing at, at who, um, who he is. The kind of believing that we need, it comes from the word. Um, Jesus had vision and focus for his life. He knew why he was here. You know, when the devil tempted him with everything, it didn't matter because, you know, none of that stuff uh, caused him to throw off the restraints like uh, Proverbs says. He said, I know where I'm going. I don't need this stuff. You know, as your teens, get a picture of what a marriage of two friends committed to one another. I'm going to talk to them. You know, as teens, you guys who aren't married yet, get this idea of two friends sharing life together, going through life with, uh, with that opportunity to say, you know what? I'm going to enjoy life as a, as a friend, that, you know, that, that we're going to share the highs, we're going to share the lows, and when it gets tough, I know they're not going to be leaving me because, you know, they love the Lord. They love, uh, they have a relationship with Him. The two of us are going to share that life together. Get a picture of that. So many of you have seen everything but that. If you can get a picture of that, that'll keep you out of bed with some hussies. You know, that's a, if you can get a picture of, if you can get a picture of that, you won't marry the wrong kind of person. But so many, they don't have a picture of where they could be in marriage and they just throw off restraints. So it doesn't really matter. Well, whatever. It matters. It matters. It matters for 2014. It matters for January. It matters for today. That we have a picture in our life of where he's taking us. Jesus, oh man. Oh man. I, okay, I'll, I'll, give your, I'll give it quick because we'll do, we'll do part two next week. But Jesus had a picture for his life, but he also had a picture of what he's building and that's this. He had a picture of the church and what it would look like. He said in Matthew chapter 16, he's saying to the disciples, um, who, do, who do men say that I am? He's asking them, who do people say that Jesus is? Who do they say that I am? And they said, well, something you're a prophet, something you're a teacher. And then he says, okay, Peter, who do you say that I am? Put your name in there. Andrew, who do you say that Jesus is? Dan, who do you say that Jesus is? Robin, who do you say that Jesus is? Why? Because it doesn't matter what everyone else says about Jesus. It doesn't matter what I say about Jesus. It matters who you say Jesus is. That's what you believe. What do you believe about God? What is your picture of God? What is your picture of Jesus? I had a girl last night after the service uh, say, stop and just ask me, say, well, you know, when people go through tough times, you know, through funerals, what do you say? You know, what do you say about God at those places? And I was like, only say what you know. You know, if I was to talk about your boyfriend and say, you know, he's like a, you know, he's, in a, he's, gonna, uh, he's a jerk, you know, he's really mean, he beats his girlfriend, and, you know, and then he's really nice to take care of her or whatever, she'd be like, she's like, her eyes like, what? Like, that's not him. I'm like, why? I said, how would you describe him? He's kind, he's loving, he's like sincere, he's, and I'm like, how come you can tell me that? And she said, because I know him. You see, I can't give you the words to tell people. You need to know him. Jesus didn't say, hey, Kingsway, who does everyone else say that I am? He said, I'm building a church on people who know me. He said to Peter, you know what? Your, your name is Rock, Peter, and on this rock, but I'm going to build a church. That's not Peter. He says the rock is this revelation of who Jesus is, that people got to know Jesus. 
this morning, my challenge for you is to just get into the Word because that's where you get to know Jesus. Not just hearing about it from someone else. Just simply saying, okay, Jesus, I want to know you and reading through. We go through so many things in our lives where we need to know uh, who God is and and who um, he wants uh, us to be. We need that picture of the other side. You know, Jesus got in the boat with the disciples going through a storm. He saw the other side. Because what did he tell them? He said to the disciples, he said, hey, guys, get in the boat. We're going to the other side. Halfway across, a storm just hits them. And they're all like, we're going to die! What did Jesus say? We're going. So his picture is the other side. Their picture, the storm. The only way you're going to see past that, see past that problem, see past your marriage falling apart, see past your family falling apart, see past any of that, is to see the other side that comes from this, that comes from knowing this. Not just, oh, it's a good idea to read my Bible and do devotions. It's, I got I to gotta get that into here. Our church you know, he says that the gates of hell aren't going to stand against it. <laughs> that church is going to make a difference, real difference in people's lives. Not just here, for eternity. If the church isn't making that kind of difference, then we're not building what he's building. And, and, and my just choice is I want to build what he's building. I want to be a part of a church that's not boring. You know, when people come to church, it's like they realize it's this family. We had some visitors come last Sunday, and they're sitting up here in the front. And None of you were here yet because the visitors are always really early. So they, um, they, they're sitting here, and, and they look, and they're like, wow, what a beautiful church. And that's the minister over there. And, uh, and I'm listening uh, over here, and I thought, um, they have no idea. You know, they, they, they haven't met the beautiful church yet. You know, it's, uh, they think it's this building or this service. And I want to encourage you, you are the church. You guys know that and do that very well. But I want to remind you that that's who you are 24-7. Don't compartmentalize it to just this time and this place. He wanted it to be a living, breathing organism of family that interacts everywhere uh, as his um, body. The church is so many things. It's a hospital for sick people. So if you see sick people here, you're doing a good job. You know, the church is a, it's a training ground, like a barracks, a military barracks for, for um, training uh, warriors in the fight of faith because it's a fight. You know, it's a neonatal unit for new babies, and that's not the physical ones. You know, we have lots of those, but it's those babies, those people who are new in Christ. What's the mission of Kingsway? Jesus said in Matthew, at the end of Matthew, the end of Mark, you can look it up, Matthew 28 and, and Mark 16, he says the last thing he leaves with his um, disciples is this. All power has been given to me. You go into all the world. Do three things. Go preach, go reach, and go teach. Preach good news. You can't preach good news if you don't know it. Not, oh, I'll say what Mark said. You know, I think that's the gospel. Get in there and say, God, show me the good news so that I can share it. Preach that. Reach. Reach people who don't know the Lord. You know, at at Kingsway here, we want to do that in what we call a spirit contemporary way. We want all of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. But to uh, but to be able to relate to people, knowing that you need Holy Spirit all the time to speak words of life through you, but to do it in a way that's contemporary, relevant to people around you. You know, there's so, church in North America has just shot itself in the foot so many times because they walk around and say things like, at work, you know, are you, uh, are you uh, saved? You know, are you baptized in the, in the blood? Have you been filled with, you know, a spirit and speaking other tongues? And, and people are like, uh, he's talking about like cutting out his tongue and butchering sheep in the backyard? Like what? I don't get it. I don't get it. I want to encourage you just that as, as people just to be normal, just to be real, just to be like Jesus. He sat down at a well and talked to, to a woman about her, you know, her whole sexual history and she was like not offended at all. 
she was like excited and went into town, told everybody there too, and then said, hey, come meet this guy. <laughs> He's awesome. Sat down and talked to a, a, a woman caught in adultery at the lowest point of her life. Was able to talk to her and bring restoration in her life. Why? Because he just loved her. He loved her. What do we do as Kingsway? Our, 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 our hope is that we would love people, accept them, forgive them, and encourage them just like Jesus did. Jesus knew how to talk to a Roman centurion. He knew how to talk to our mayor. Just to be able to talk to those in high positions of authority, important people. But he also knew how to talk to really important people, which are children. He's able to sit down and talk to them and say, you know, this is how, this is how it works. To bless them, be a blessing in their life. Dads, we need to be able to do that. Spirit contemporary with our own children. Being able to speak life into their lives. You know, having a vision is uh, something we so need in our lives. Just want to leave, yeah, we'll leave with this thought. That this church, many of you have, some of you were here on day one. Most of you were not. As a church, uh, there was a dream in, in the heart of a guy named Wesley DeVries. Uh, young guy who thought, you know what, in the church in Sweets Corners was getting too full. We need to, we need to plant a church out, in, out here. And so we looked at this building and when we saw it, we were like, we just knew God had just dropped in our hearts. This is the place that we're to go. Crazy stuff then started to happen. <laughs> All of a sudden it was like other people came and said, no, the Lord said that you're not supposed to buy that building. God, God said this. God said that church is only going to last one year and you guys will all come back with your tails between your legs. God said the, the things like this. And it was certain, just certain people. We knew at that point that there was something that God wanted to do here and began to push through. But when all the tough stuff came against him, he just said, you know what? I see the picture of a church uh, growing and being healthy. And as I caught that vision myself to realize, you know what? I see not just a church that's growing and healthy, but a church that's relevant, a church that loves people, accepts people, forgives people, encourages people, sees miracles happen, sees miracles happen, sees healing, sees people come to know Jesus Christ for real, sees baptisms, sees, um, sees babies, sees families, sees restoration of marriages, sees all this kind of stuff. I began to walk through this building when it was still pews, and I'd pray over those pews, and when we had 35, 40 people here on a Sunday, I could see it full. Then after a little while, I saw, you know what, I see it full again. I see that just that the, the possibility of a church that believes so much that they matter in this world. They go out and, and are salt and light in bringing people to Jesus Christ. I believe it. I'm seeing it now. Busting down walls, pushing things back, seeing that. Seeing that. You know, they told us, <laughs> this building kills churches. We're number four in this, church, in this building. I was like, yeah, but God's building something. He's building you. He's building an incredible family, incredibly gifted people that he just wants to move through and, and live with and do life with. My encouragement to you this, this year, Kingsway, is let's get to know Jesus personally because it's going to be different for you than it is for me, but you can know him. My, you know, my hope maybe today you've been kind of tossing that thought around for a while. Am I going to follow Jesus? I don't know. seems right. You know, my prayer is that he gives you faith today to believe that that is true, that you can see salvation, forgiveness, real life happening in your life. This morning, if that's you, please let me know. Love to just pray with you. Love to introduce you to Jesus. Love to get you started on that path of being a part of his family. It's the most amazing thing ever. Most amazing thing. We'll talk more about the heart next week, but this thing matters. What you believe here matters. It matters. If you believe it's gonna, you know, a church is die in this place, they die in this place. <laughs> if you believe that a church can grow in this place, it can grow in this place. What are you believing this year? Now, what are you believing for? What are you believing this year? Let's pray. Father, I, I just 
I know I've talked a lot. Uh, God, I just ask right now that your words would be the ones that sink into the heart of, uh, of people here. The, those specific words for specific people. The one that just touched their, their, their ears and their heart through this time. God, I just pray against the enemy stealing that in Jesus' name. God, I pray that that seed would grow. I pray that you would continue to water it. Lord, and you'd, it would bring fruit in their lives. That 2014 would be different because of you. Thank you for this great family. Thank you for building, uh, building the church and bringing us together. Thank you that it's yours. We put it, uh, put it in your hands and, and this, this week just, again, commit to serving you and loving you and loving people. Uh, God, thank you that you go with us, that you never leave us, never forsake us, so we can take a real hope to uh, a real world that really needs it. In your name we go. Love you. Amen.